Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, welcome to the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets and startups. It is the 20th of October. I'm Nadine Blaney and I am here with, drumroll, David Scott. Nice to see you, stranger. My goodness. Last time I was speaking to you in this studio, you were coming in here with a mask on, handing me a glass of wine, saying good luck for the next two months as you go see your family. So long time no see. I know. It's so good to have you back in the newsroom. It's good to be doing this podcast. I think we're going to have to find our groove again. But um, yeah, we've missed you. So happy to have you back. I'm glad you missed me. I did. Um, but I, I also knew that you were <laughs> not thinking about us. Um, other things in All life, the time. I was sitting there with Charlotte watching you. It was great. <laughs> I'm her favorite, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on from that. Um, I'll just sort of cap some of the companies I've been keeping my eye on. I got my little watch list, if you recall. I get it going every day before 10, some mm-hmm. of the companies that we're watching in relation to news. And we had a lot of it this morning. Kogan did really well today, up by close to 7% after updating the market. Uh, it appears they've got some of their inventory issues better under control. We could say that. Evolution Mining, up by 2%. Were you going to say something about Kogan? Oh, I, I helped clear some of that inventory. Did you? At a, at a highly discounted rate. So that probably explains why gross sales were up, but yeah. uh, profitability was down. Exactly. There you go. Case in point. Adair's was up by close to 2% today. Super retail. Interesting. I had a conversation with um, Milford Asset Management earlier today just about retail. And he's saying, look, it's going to be increasingly hard for some of these e-commerce names like Temple and Webster say to cycle through some of uh, the comps from last year. But he said that those companies like Adair's, you know, like super retail that also have bricks and mortar uh, might be the ones that do a bit better as we emerge from these lockdowns. So yeah, super retail did well. It was up by 1.6%. Yeah, everyone's still cashed up and uh, a lot of people around the country have been itching to go and spend. So now that we can, probably go and hit those bricks and mortar stores. Yeah, it was funny in the newsroom earlier today um, when we thought there was some sort of a big announcement coming in terms of tourism from the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet. $50 vouchers (laughs) to put towards tourism. But to your point... um, Look, uh, speaking from a privileged position, of course, but there are a lot of cashed up people. A lot of people have not been spending money. And we're sort of saying it's not that people don't have money to go book. It's that we can't get in or there's nowhere to go or the borders are closed. Yeah, I might write about it later in the week. It's uh, Some initiatives that the government have rolled out have been very good. The Dine and Discover vouchers have been fantastic, particularly for those inner city uh, restaurants that have really been struggling with people not in the CBDs. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're right. When it comes to demand, uh, it's, there's no shortage of people willing to go and, uh, and spend. It's like the home builder package. You know, It went and created this huge bottleneck of demand uh, and then not enough supply. So prices yeah. were skyrocketed. I wonder whether that might just go and be uh, something that goes and takes place when it comes to this scheme as well. I mean, uh, Flight Centre today, back to my little watch list, down by 4.4%. It's burning through cash. This we knew. I, I have a, had a conversation with Graham 
um, Turner, mm-hmm. uh, who runs the the joint, the company, uh, last week. And again, it came down to this whole concept of certainty and protocols. You know, there's still a lot that has to be worked through. Yeah. Uh, before people are going to go book, like. I, I understand that the you know Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk realized that um, maybe even politically she had to do something to get a plan in place before Christmas to open the borders. But like, to be honest, I wouldn't book a wouldn't book a trip to Queensland right now. Not because I don't want to go. Hello to all of our listeners in Queensland. I'd love to visit, but I just don't want to have my plans cancelled again. I'd love to have a party at Scuddy's Pad in Burley Heads, but uh, no, unfortunately, it's uh, it's very uncertain. And uh, not just uh, you know, Queensland, you could add WA certainly on that list. And uh, my neck of the woods, South Australia as well, uh, is another one, which I don't particularly have when a lot of When are we going to have a housewarming? <laughs> Stephen Marshall, if you're listening, come on, mate. Keep that border open. Yeah, right. Well, Beach Petroleum, uh, well, energy was actually one of the sectors, the few sectors that underperformed today because it was a pretty positive session. Uh, you know, right from the get-go, we had that lead-in from Wall Street. Things were looking pretty strong. There was not really any economic data that was going to upset the apple cart, so to speak. So what was your takeaway from from today, if anything? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, the resilience of the market. No, it's had a lot thrown at it, and uh, it didn't tank. And look, it's not to say that it can last forever. I'm still watching that, that climbing in bond yields. is certainly something to keep a close eye on because I'm not sure how much longer it can last before it doesn't become a bit of a headwind. Aussie dollar strengthening as well, but yeah. it's resilient. That's the thing. And uh, you're coming into a pretty seasonally strong uh, period as well mm-hmm. for local markets. So I'm not surprised to go and see that uh, no, it's strong. And we we'll probably will go and test those, uh, those record highs we saw earlier in the year. Whether we can exceed them, uh, given the expectations that have already been built in, well, that's the other question. But today, I mean, let's not take anything away from it. We saw Macquarie up by 2%. We saw, well, actually all of the big banks doing quite well. CSL, BHP was up. Rio was an underperformer, as were some in the commodities complex, because we did see industrial metals come off through the overnight period. Um, Telstra was down by close to 2%. But yeah, to your point, or to my earlier point, it was really the energy sector that was the big laggard. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly doesn't feel right now that we are in for some sort of a, a, sh- a shock sell-off, you know, inspired by bond yields. But that's that's a sign. I mean, that's, that's good, isn't it? Like, we shouldn't be having these um, tantrums when you consider how much the Fed has spent on messaging, how much, you know, these, mm. these programs have, have brought in terms of liquidity, how much fiscal stimulus has been spent as well. And we're starting to see, I guess, U.S. quarterlies really supporting strength, um, allowing markets to climb that so-called wall, wall, wall of worry. I hate that term, but that wall of worry. Yeah, it is. Well, it's just the resilient performance. That's the thing. Across the board, not just only here in Australia, but uh, a lot was thrown at the markets and uh, a lot has been priced in and it's still pretty resilient. So until proven otherwise, I uh, know follow where the money's going. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are getting to... Uh, if you'd like to listen in to Fat Profits talking about uh, potential correction, you can do so via the show notes. Um, if you're interested in Netflix's results, uh, you can listen to that via the show notes coming through from CFRA. Well, it's a bit, bit old news now when we're looking forward to the U.S. session. And uh, we've got an interview as well with Wai Shin Shan from HSBC climate change head there because of course we're moving toward cop 26 all roads lead to glasgow 
Yeah. So tonight we do have some data that will be interesting to see the market's reaction to it. Canadian and UK CPI. So the Canadian Central Bank, if you recall, Scotty, I think this is when you were here, was the first to taper. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't look as though they will be hiking, at least not right now. But the UK, the central bank there, they are starting to make rumblings about potential hikes. Do you think tonight's inflation read could set a cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak? <laughs> I hope not. I, I, I'm really watching what's going on and I've got deja vu. You know, we've been around long enough in these markets. You see things that just remind you of periods past. And uh, watching the RBNZ go and hike rates a couple of weeks ago and then talking about the Bank of England potentially hiking by the end of the year, two rate hikes from the Fed potentially priced in by uh, the end of next year. It just seems that preemptive moves. So central banks have told us time and time again, oh, we're going to go be patient and everything else. But then all of a sudden, it's like, no, trigger happy and it's supply side shocks, which is driving most of this strength coming through. So mm-hmm. I hope these, uh, and these, these uh, reports don't go uh, into anything. But we know that uh, inflationary pressures here and now are pretty strong. Are we going to be talking about that in 12 months' time? I'm, I'm still scratching my head and I think probably not. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, where was inflation pre-pandemic? And you see what's causing this inflation now. Why jump at shadows and risk some sort of policy mistake? I mean, the policy mistake can happen on either end, right? I had a good chat with Daniel Silik from Capstream Capital saying there is, you know, room for either trigger happy central banks to do something wrong or, you know, waiting, waiting just that little bit too long. Yeah, it looks, it's easy to go and rein it back in from my perspective. Once you actually go and see inflation starting to pick up, you can go and tighten, you can tighten aggressive. That's not, it'll, it'll lead to like a very sharp slowdown, of course. But no, moving preemptively, it just, that's what so many central banks, including our own RBA, did immediately after the GFC. And all it did was, no, it was a policy error. They had to go and reverse hard. And then look where we ended up. With. So it sounds like you're really endorsing Philip Lowe and his 2024 mantra. I've been, I've been in this boat for a long, period of time i want to see the central banks with policy rates uh to go and keep them unchanged and let this you no know, no take foot this recovery and why do you want to go and stuff it out before it's even truly begun uh it's mind-boggling to me mm. i don't know why you want to quantitative easing yep get rid of it it's yep. it's not crisis period that's for crises now let it go and build self-sustaining and then you can start to go and do it don't react to supply side shocks yeah all right so that is that we've got uh, the rba governor phil lowe speaking on friday had a chat with Stephen dooley and i only mention these names because if you're interested you can go to the website or the app and listen to the interviews yourself in more detail but yeah he he's he, he thinks the speech has taken on more importance on friday and of course now the inflation read next wednesday he was All juiced up, of course, a bit of excitement coming through in FX, particularly around the Australian dollar. So that's one that you can listen to if you'd like a view on what's to come. Uh, So the crash has not happened. Let's just be blunt. We have seen a volatility. We have seen a readjustment. But we are still running our Stocks for a Crash series on the call doesn't hurt to have a bit of a shopping list at the ready, just in case. And today, Koshi was joined by Owen Raskowitz from Rask Australia and Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital. Have a listen. Stock was uh, zero, and it's, it's a very simple reason. I, I think uh, the, the way you described the, the task was spot on. You, you create the list of stocks that you think are, are brilliant businesses but are just too expensive for you, and, and zero is, uh, you know, that, that's right in that basket for me. But I, I think it's probably, if not the highest quality stock on the ASX, very close to it. it but as you said, very expensive um, on, on a uh, probably let's use a revenue basis about about 20, 21 times recurring revenue. But but certainly this is one of those stocks that you put on your watch list. If you see that crash, 
um, you know, and you can pick it up, um, you know, maybe even sub $100 or something like that, maybe less than 15 times recurring revenue. Um, I, I think it's a, a business mm. perfect for this sort of uh, exercise. Uh, if you could buy one company, I think Prometicus would probably be my one. It's at about, I think, off the top of my head, about 180 times earnings, maybe even more than that now. Um, and it's about $54 a share. I'd probably look to buy it if it could come back to, say, $20. Um, I think that's a realistic valuation for a company like this. Great management, cashed up, scalable, lots to like yeah. about it. Oh, there you have it. Stocks for a crash. Scotty's just getting his head around this. So it's if there was a you know massive pullback, those companies that are too highly priced right now, but you would want to snap up in the event of a... There might be a crash one day. Yeah, there might be a (laughs) crash one day. Not if the central bankers can help it. Anywho, we will get the U.S. Fed Reserve's beige book tonight. We get weekly mortgage applications released. But as I said, you know, with traders betting on these hikes coming from the BOC and the BOE, uh, yeah, there'll be um, plenty of attention put on those inflation reads tonight. Am I missing anything, Scuddy? Uh, I'll keep a close eye on those mortgage applications as well, particularly uh, you know, for new mortgages, uh, not so much our refinances. We know refinances will be absolutely smashed because of the other uh, hiking. You'll be- I, we saw with the uh, the housing data out overnight, building permits, uh, housing starts, mm-hmm. both much weaker than expected. It is starting to bite these uh, these, these cost increases and labor shortages. Yeah, so it's um, it's really interesting to see in the housing market, as it is in so many other parts of the world, so key when it comes to that economic story. So keep a close eye on that. And luckily enough, that is a, a once a week uh, series as well, so you get a bit of a sense as to what's going on. Now, here at home tomorrow, we do get weekly payroll jobs and wages. We get detailed labor force stats coming from the ABS for October. So that's just a little bit of color uh, around uh, what's to come. Now, of course, we've got a great day of guests lined up for you. We will be speaking uh, with, well, some of our regulars to start the day. We will also be catching up with uh, Prospa CEO. They are holding an investor day tomorrow. So, um, yeah, we'll catch up with that company after... That wraps. Um, we'll be speaking with Tim Fung from Airtasker on uh, Startup Daily. And what else can I pull out from tomorrow? We'll be getting a little bit of a update from Catapult Sports. So the CEO will be joining us from Boston at 11.15. Uh, they're putting out a market update tomorrow. Not exactly sure what's in it, but looking forward to it. And we get details on crypto uh, coming, well, right about now. Hopefully, from some of those hearings, we'll be speaking with Senator Andrew Bragg about crypto regulation, what it might look like here in Australia. So that's at about 8.45, 8.50 in the morning, if that's your boat, which it's not yours, Scuddy, we know, but Bitcoin, all-time highs. Oh, nearly. But it it seems inevitable. And I've had this discussion with Carl yesterday. I'm misunderstood when it comes to crypto. It's not that I dislike Bitcoin. I dislike it as a portfolio. uh, And that's, that's the key thing. Got it. Well, we'll pick that conversation up later, Scotty. Nice to have this chat. Yeah, hopefully it's not two months between the next one. <laughs> no, it won't be. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.